Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. It's been a while. I uh, took a little bit of a break um, just because there's not a whole lot going on. And I think that um, <laughs> I really just wanted to look at some things um, and really think about like where and what I wanted to, or where I wanted to go and what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, moving forward with the podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, so my first season um, doing this and um, I appreciate everybody listening and everybody, you know, giving me some, some feedback and, you know, um, interacting with me on uh, Twitter um, and wherever, on social media, uh, you know, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, this, this episode is just going to be I didn't want to do like a look back because we all know what happened this season. And, you know, there were some good things. There were some, a lot of not great things, uh, that happened. Um, but you know, we'll, I'm talk about that a little bit, I think, but not a whole lot. Um, really what I wanted to focus on is where the pirates go next. Um, and this is going to be ongoing. Um, you know, we know what, 2021 brought us um, some bright spots, some stuff that wasn't great, like I just said, but what's the rest of this year going to bring us? And there's a lot going on with baseball, not just what's going on right now in the playoffs, um, but there's going to be a lot. And the Pirates have some uh, pretty pretty big decisions to make when it comes to this makeup of this roster for 2022. So... Um, take a look at a little bit of that. I'll probably do a, uh, another episode on that alone, but, um, I just want to kind of talk about the state of the pirates moving forward, um, and, and really look at some of the choices that they're going to have to, to make and some players that you know, may not be around here, um, much longer. Uh, but before I do any of that, let's have a message from, uh, anchor. So I want to start out, you know, by, you know, talking about, you know, what the Pirates need to do now. Um, They haven't really done anything um, up to this point um, to, you know, change anything with the makeup of the team on the the roster uh, side anyway. Um, You know, they did uh, last week let go of Joey Cora. Um, So there'll be no more. Sending Moran from first, um, <laughs> or even second, on a single. Um, hopefully, there's no more of that. Um, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what who they get to replace him. And it, I mean, third base coaches, you know, are important. I think what Joey Cora really brought was the infield instruction. Um, Joey Cora, you know, did a great job uh, with those guys. And I, I think there were some stats thrown out online on, on, on social media. I think John Heyman was one that kind of questioned the Pirates thinking here, you know, with the Pirates being very good defensively in the infield. Um, and I tend to wonder how much of that really was Cora um, and how much of that was just personnel, um, was just getting better because you know most of the season you had Adam Frazier at second Frazier was a solid second baseman Kevin Newman's one you could argue um 
you know, Joey Cora did a lot with. Because Newman has never been, he's not known for having a bad glove. Um, you know, he's not known for being a poor defensive shortstop. Um, but he isn't, hasn't necessarily been known to be the shortstop that we saw this year. And, you know, he was pretty solid. And then you add in um, Hayes to that mix. And, you know, just those three guys most of the year together, you know, really, really solidifies your infield. Now, Frazier's gone. um, But, you know, I don't think they're lacking defensively on the infield. So it'll be interesting to see. If anything really changes there, I, I I tend to think it's more personnel um, than anything. I think if you know moving neck into next year, um, if O'Neill Cruz happens to start um, in the big leagues and starts at short, um, you know I don't know if he's that. Um, I don't know if he's better defensively than Kevin Newman. Um, He's probably more athletic, uh, big, definitely bigger. Um, but it'll be interesting to see like what really happens with the infield. Um, and even over at first base, I mean, Colin Moran played a solid first base this year. Um, so Sugo, not not so much. He was fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll see a big, a big drop there with their their infield. Uh, they're in fields defensive output. So, um, Joey Cora moving on. Um, Shelton finally gets to kind of have his own coaching staff there. There's really not any more, uh, any more guys kind of hanging on from that, from, uh, the Clint hurdle, um, staff. So, um, but that's the only big change they've made so far. Um, but boy, um, do they have some coming. And if you follow me on Twitter, um, and if you don't, please do, um, you know, at Bucko Fever Pod. Um, I do try to get on there quite a bit. Um, I don't know if I, I know I mentioned this in past podcasts, um, you know, over the, since I got a new job in late June. Um, and... Um, as I transitioned out of my old position, um, you know, I still within the same company as I transitioned out of that and into the new one, um, it was, um, uh, I'm way more busy than what I, what I used to be, uh, throughout the day. So like I, I don't have windows and I work remotely, um, from home. Um, I have my three-year-old son here with me. Um, so like what I used to be able to do is, you know, while he was taking a nap, I would record a, a chunk of, uh, the podcast and then come back maybe later and, and finish it up. Um, you know, that would essentially be my lunch break. Um, I don't have that luxury at the, at the moment, um, as much like right now I am doing it, but it does it more often than not, I don't have that luxury on the day. So, um, you know, I really kind of pulled back, um, on the podcast, um, a little bit, but, and on social media, but, uh, you know, with the off season coming, this is one of like my favorite times of the year for baseball. Um, 
is the the roster construction going into the next season trades um you know uh, guys getting bfa just total like change um so um look for me more on there but you know this past week i posted a a poll um and it kind of centered around you know what the pirates uh, are going to have to do with the roster and really there's going to be some guys here they're kind of on a bubble and if you listen to any of the episodes pretty much every every episode i mention that 2021 was an evaluation year for Ben Sherrington and Derek Shelton and the front office and, and everybody um, to really kind of see what they had at the big league level and even somewhat at the AAA level, um, what they had there already. And who could, you know, establish themselves as part of the future and who um, was not establishing themselves as part of the future and, um, and, and see where, what changes, what, um, holes needed to be filled, um, you know, moving forward. And I feel like there's some guys here, some guys that I think ultimately they would have loved to have traded, um, and, and you know, hindsight, you know, maybe they Ben Sherrington wishes he would have dealt them um, in the off season going into this season. But um, two guys that have been with the Pirates for a while um, are Stephen Brault and Chad Cool, and the main guy I focused on in with the poll was Chad Cool. Because I am really on the fence with what to do with Chad Cool. I think ultimately the the it comes down to whether or not uh, the Pirates believe that he has any kind of uh, you know possibility of being a uh, a piece in the future, or if he's done anything to establish any kind of trade value. Um, Last season started out really rough for Chad Cool. Um, he got hurt. He came back, was pitching relatively well, and then got COVID. Coming back from COVID, they decided to use him out of the pen. And the results out of the pen weren't great. In my opinion, I, w- I was really hoping that he would be able to establish himself out there. Um, I don't know that he did. So, Chad Cool finished the year um, with a 42 ERA, started 14 games, uh, pitched in a total of 28 games. Um, but over his last, the last two weeks of the season, or his, I guess his last 15, I guess, appearance? No, I guess it would have been, 
So his last 15 games, he was 2-2 two and two with a 6.27 ERA. Um, appeared in, in uh, started one of those, went 18 and two-thirds innings, and he did not play well. Um, 13 earned runs, 23 hits, 8 walks, 22 Ks, so he had a whip of 1.66. Um, man, that's not good. So, I tend to lean towards him being a, uh, I I think they'll try to trade him. I really do. I don't know if anybody's going to want to take a flyer on Chad Cool at this point. Um, uh, So, (laughs) I think, you know, he's definitely on the bubble. Um, I could see him being designated for assignment at some point because they have a lot of guys that they need to think about protecting. And a lot of their top prospects um, are guys that they need to add to this roster. Um, And I really think Cool finds himself on the bubble. I mean, if you bring him in the next season, is he better than any of the starters that are in there? Um, potential, the potential rotation going into next season. I don't know that he is. Um, did he do anything to make me confident in his ability to be reliable in the pen? Absolutely not. Um, so what do you do? Another guy who's kind of on that bubble, but for different reasons, is Stephen Brault. And I honestly think Brault... Um, Brault's on the bubble, but I think the Pirates would be more likely to keep him than Chad Cool. And the reason I say that really is because, you know, Brault, um, Brault's a lefty. Um, Brault uh, pitched okay. He had a couple bad starts. Um, you know, so you know, I, I, I just think that, that, that he will most likely be around. I think that if you are going to try to bank on one of those two, uh, providing you with some kind of value, whether it be on the field or in the trade market, I think Brault's the guy. If Brault could stay healthy and put together a string of games or like a couple months worth of like what we saw in in 2020, um, then he's definitely has trade value. Now, I haven't heard anything about his injury and, you know, where all that kind of lies. Um, so that's another thing to take in consideration when you talk about Stephen Brault. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, I think that, you know, those are two guys that are definitely, um, we've seen it. We know what they can do. You know, cool. We know he's inconsistent. Um, Brault, 
I think Brault's a little bit more consistent, but more injury prone. And that's not to say Chad Cool isn't injury prone. Um, his injuries don't seem to suck up as much time as what Brault's does. Um, but, I mean, looking at the rotation next year, um, you know, if Brault's healthy, I think he's in it. Um, or at least in the talks, you know, possibly, you know, long guy out of the pen. But I, I really think, you know, he's he's in the running. Um, you have Brubaker, um, you know, uh, Kranich, uh, Yehure, Mitch Keller, of course, um, Dylan Peters. Um, you know, we saw a lot, saw some good stuff out of Dylan Peters. And of course, Bryce Wilson, um, I don't know if I said him, but Contreras, uh, you know, came up there, gave the Pirates a nice start at there at the end of the year. Um, you know, is he going to start the year AAA or is he going to come in um, and, you know, take a spot in the rotation? It'll be interesting. Um But, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and, and then there's always free agents. I really think that if they could bring in a guy like Tyler Anderson, um, bring, bring him back. Um, and if not, there's others, the, some veterans out there. Um, Steven Matz would be one that I think would be pretty cool um, if they could bring him in. I don't know, like, what kind of money that's going to take, but... Um, but the rotation is so uh, is has names to it, so we kind of know what it looks like. And is Chad Cool better than any of those guys? I don't know. Is he? Does he have the potential to be part of the future the way that the other guys do? And I think that's the big question for me. And for me. I tend to lean towards no. Brault, Brault, it's, it's health with him. Um, so, like, I'd go Brault over cool. Um, but, you know, that's just, this is just one of the many problems that the Pirates are having, are going to have when it comes time to putting this roster uh, together. So, like, if, if I'm going to cut... Let's say the Pirates do cut Chad. Cool. You know, I I think that that frees up some, not just roster space, but some opportunity for some, some other guys. Um, I personally think Chad Cool could develop into a decent reliever. Um, and the key word there is could. Um I don't think it's a definite. Uh, so I, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why you move on there. But I think it opens up some some opportunities. Um, you know, the Pirates have a lot of guys uh, coming back from injury. Guys like Blake Cedarland. Um They also have some interesting guys. Um, you know, that made it to AAA this year um, that could work their way into that pen. 
Um, I'm still, I'm still pretty high on on uh, John O'Reilly. Uh, I I like what he brings. He he got hit around a little bit this year, um, more so than he than he had in the past. Um, but I do feel like he can bounce back uh, from that. He seemed to be stretching him out a little bit at the end of the season, and I don't know if that was a plan or just kind of uh, necessity. But he's a guy to watch, um, as well as uh, Yeri De Los Santos. Uh, he's a guy that I'm not sure what they're going to do with um, because he's got to get on the 40-man or they risk losing him um, in the Rule 5. Uh, and they very well could. He's the type of guy that somebody would take uh, a chance on. Uh, but, but yeah, so, I mean, those guys are definitely in the mix. I think that there's some, going to be some free agents, um, that the Pirates will want to take a look at. And one of the guys I really like, and I was kind of hoping they would have picked him up last year, um, was, uh, AJ Cole. Um, I, I like AJ Cole. I think AJ Cole um, is um, has the potential to be a solid reliever. I got to see a, I've, I've got to see a lot of of Cole um, because, uh, like I've talked about before, I live outside of Harrisburg, um, so I go to Harrisburg Senators games quite a bit. And Cole came up with the Nats uh, system. Um, as a starter, so I did get to see him a lot, um, and, you know, he converted to a reliever uh, a couple years ago in 2018, and put up okay numbers uh, for the Yankees um, out of their pen in 28 um, appearances, Uh but then he really, in 2020, he really put together, um, you know, 24 outings for Toronto. Was 3-0, 3.09 ERA. Um, he doesn't really walk a whole lot of guys, um, which is nice. Last year, he um, was in, the, minor, was in the, the Blue Jays minor league system for most of the year. Um, did appear in six games for Toronto. Um, he is heading into his, uh, he's 29 now. Um, you know, he'll be 30 to start next season. Um, but, but I like AJ Cole. I, I liked him when I saw him, you know, pitch, uh, in double A for, uh, uh, for the Nats. Um, I like him as a reliever. He's a guy I'd really... I'd really like for the Pirates to target, and the fact that he didn't pitch that much um, in the big leagues last year might make him a little, uh, you know, one of those under-the-radar cheap pickup guys like Jason Shreve. Um, but I like A.J. Cole. And I'm not going to get too much into who I want to see with free agents because there's so much left. Um, you know, guys are going to declare after the World Series, and rosters are going to start getting chopped all over baseball. Um, and so there's going to be guys available. 
Uh, but AJ Cole's a guy that I just wanted to kind of bring up um, and, and talk about as um, a possibility. Um, you know, what do the Pirates do moving forward with um, the rest of the team? So some of the things that I really want to see next year, I want to see some extensions. <laughs> Uh, I, I think every fan does. Um, I really want to see them put some money into Brian Reynolds. Um, I think Brian Reynolds is a cornerstone. Um, I would say almost, in my opinion, more so than, than Hayes. Um, I think Hayes is another, <laughs> he's another cornerstone. But I, I just think that offensively, Reynolds gives you a little bit more. Um, and he, defensively, Reynolds has been fantastic. Um, I'd like to see him get extended. I would love to see them extend Hayes as well. Um, I think those are your two guys um, that you're really looking forward, uh, you know, in, in your plans. And, and some two guys that are going to be there, they're probably going to be there regardless of when the Pirates hopefully contend in, like, 2023, 2024. They're going to be there, uh, but hopefully they can extend them and get them there. Maybe an, an extra season um, to kind of sh- hopefully, um, you know, string those successful seasons together. Uh, really aren't any pitchers that I would like to see them extend at this point. Um, nobody nobody showed me enough consistency this year. Um, but But those are two guys. Um, I also wouldn't mind if they ex- did like a, a cheap extension, um, with like O'Neill Cruz or somebody like that. Those deals can go either way. Um, you know, you could, you know, have a steal, um, you know, later on down the road in the later years of the contract, or you could have a Jose Tabana Tal- <laughs> situation or a Palago situation where, not really worth what you're paying them, uh, but it might be worth it. Um, but I want to see extensions. Um, I really just, I, I really just want to see them. You know, put some money. I'd like to see them sign a free agent or two or three. Um, a lot of stuff going around on social media about Carlos Correa. I don't, I'm not even even um, have a glimmer of of hope that that's a reality. Um, but who's to say that they won't sign somebody, um, to a a multi-year contract? Um, it's not really been their, their MO over the last several years, uh, more of like a one or two year deal guy here and there, but, um, Pirates have the money and with the CBA coming up, you know, who knows what that brings? I don't even really want to, um, I don't even get into that yet, um, But I'll tell you what, like it's it's there. Um, you know they have the money. I don't know who you know who all's going to be there and would be willing to come to Pittsburgh. I'm not even going to really speculate on that yet. Um, but you know I don't want to get some veteran who's at the tail end of their career who you hope you can flip. I don't want that. I don't want, at this point, I don't want Andrew McCutcheon back. Um, I think McCutcheon's 
production is not anywhere near uh, the money that that he'll command. Um, so I don't want to entertain that yet. In two years, maybe if the Pirates are are in contention and you know they just need that extra outfielder to <laughs> to tie things together, maybe, but not now. I, I don't think this this is really the time. Um, this is going to be another um, evaluation year 2.0 um, with, you know, an emphasis on that I feel like the Pirates really have a good idea of the direction that they're heading. I think they have a philosophy I think Charrington's had that since day one. I think we've seen it materialize. Like when you look at the the roster down in Indianapolis, um, you know, at the end of the season, it it really was, um, it really was loaded with um, with prospects. Finally, um. You know, you got to see Diego Castillo, Mason Martin, uh, Cal Mitchell, Kenan Smith, and Jigba. You still have Travis Swaggerty sitting down there. Marcano, um, you know, all those guys. Um, you know, it's um, it, that roster is going to be fun. Like that's that's another thing I'm I'm excited to see. Like, and we're not going to know for a while. But, um, you know, we get a feel for what these minor league rosters are going to look like. Because um, we're going to lose we're gonna lose somebody. Um, this Rule 5 draft, you know, there's, you know, 12 to 15 different guys that you can make an argument for the Pirates, um, you know, keeping um, on the roster, getting on the roster to keep them protected. And I'll talk more about that probably in, a, in another episode. Um, but I think like we've got, they've got guys there that they, they have a little bit of a cluster, um, in spots, um, and mainly really the, the outfield uh, where all year there was nobody there, <laughs> you know, nobody in AAA. Um, they may do with, uh, Fabricio Macias coming up from a ball. Um, and he wasn't too bad for, for making that big a jump. Um, you know, to the end of the year there with, with Cal Mitchell, Smith and Jigba, you know, playing out there. Um, you know, you've got Sawinski who, you know, they got in uh, in the deal um, for for Adam Frazier. Um, you know, you, you have a little bit of a cluster and they all have to be protected or you risk losing them. Now, I don't think any of them... I don't know if any of them will get claimed, to be honest. My personal opinion is if there's one, um, I could see Smith and Jigba getting claimed. Um, but I don't know. Um, one of the things I could see is the Pirates making a deal. And this is where I, I think... This is what I wanted them to do last year, kind of buy prospects. So take on a bad contract. So trade like a like a Cal Mitchell, let's say. 
trade like Cal Mitchell and, um, you know, like Gary De Los Santos. Package those two guys with, um, um, and package them together, go out and get a starting pitcher that has a has a big contract. Like I won last year, I won, you know, David Price was a name that came up. Um, you know, go get somebody like that. Somebody that a team is just looking to dump. And it doesn't have to be a pitcher. It could be an outfit. It could be anything. You clear two people, you know, you don't, you're not risking losing them in the rule five, bringing the guy. But in that deal, you also get a decent low-level prospect. You know, the Pirates are going to need to continue to feed this minor league system um, because prospects aren't a given. You know, the Pirates are, you know, a top five uh, rated minor league system at the moment. Um, maybe even higher once these outlets put together their final uh, or their new 2022 lists. Um Some of those guys aren't going to pan out. Is Mason Martin going to be a you know forty home run guy? I don't know. Could, or it could be Brad Eldred. You know, big dude strikes out a ton, um, hits home runs, but not as many as you think because um, strikes out a lot. I think he has a better eye than Eldred, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you know, guys could get hurt. So I think that's what really Ben Charrington's focus has always been is that he's always said, you know, we've had, you know, X amount of players on the top 100 prospect list. That's not, not enough. It's never enough. Uh, so they need to continue feeding. Um, and the best way to do that is through trades. Now they do, they have locked down the fourth overall pick next year. So there is that. Um, they'll be able to bring in somebody that will fall into their top probably 10 prospect list. But they need more. And, <coughs> excuse me, at this point, you want to feed the lower levels. You know, you can't keep getting guys that are close, super close anyway, um, because of the Rule 5. You can't protect all these guys. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, I don't know what that looks like, but that's something I want to see. I, I would like to see them, you know, trade from their cluster, like maybe even like a Diego Castillo, you know, flip him because you were loaded with middle infield. Um, you know, bring in, bring in low-level prospects and maybe a veteran. Just find, you know, get somebody that some team doesn't want. See what he does. Hopefully he bounces back and you can trade him at the deadline or before the deadline um, to a contender or something. But, you know, that those are all things that I want the Pirates to look at. Um, you know, I, also, I, want the, <laughs> I want the playoffs to be over. I'm tired of seeing the same teams all the time. Um ready for it to be done, ready to move on, and start this off season, and let, let, the, let the craziness begin.
So that's the episode for today. Kind of wanted to keep it on the shorter side. Um, you know, kind of, it's a, it's a basically a way for me to get back into it and, and warm up. Because like I said, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. Um, you know, I'm really, really ready for uh, the Pirates to, to dive in and start con- constructing and deconstructing um, the roster. Um, and see what, what all that brings and, and see... Um, See how that goes, because this is a this is another big moment for for Ben Sherrington. Um, you acquired all this talent. You don't want to have to lose any of it. it. It happens. It's a it's kind of a good problem to have, uh, but we'll see where it goes. So, um, again, like I said, thanks for listening. Give me a follow on um, Twitter at Bucko Fever Pod. Um, I'll be I'm on there quite a bit. Um, you know, now that there aren't really. The Pirates aren't playing, probably not as much, but, um, you know, as things develop, uh, see me more and more. So give me a follow, like talking, talking buckos on there. Um, Facebook, Bucko Fever Podcast, and of course, BuccoFeverPodcast.com. Um, the blog, I'll be writing a lot more on that in the off season. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, you know, I appreciate you listening. This was a, you know, I'm, my first season doing it. Um, this was a lot of fun. I, you know, was pleasantly surprised with how many uh, listeners I got and, you know, how many followers I gained on Twitter and everything. So, um, yeah, again, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun for me. It's a good outlet for me. Uh, I like to keep going with it. So keep listening and I'll keep going. Um, so, you know, again, thank you. And as always, have a good one.